Welcome to Schneps Connects. I'm your host, Josh Schneps. Today, I have a great friend of mine who's Steve Chen, president of Crystal Window and Door Systems. Steve grew up in the business as a child, accompanying his father, Thomas Chen, which is a great story, to the customer business meetings or helping out at the Crystal Factory. Born in Taiwan, Steve came to the U.S. with his parents at an early age. He attended New York City public schools, including Bronx High School Science, you have to be smart to get into that one, and graduated with a degree in economics from Penn State University. Steve is involved with many local and regional business and trade organizations, including formerly serving as president of the Northeast Window and Door Association and a former member of the New York Federal Reserve Bank Advisory Council. His business expertise and success has been recognized by Crane's New York Business, which recently named him 40 Under 40. He was definitely a Schneps Media 40 Under 40 and a star and a king. Steve also continues Crystal's tradition of philanthropy, supporting many local educational, art, and cultural initiatives. Great to have you, Steve. Good to be on, Josh. So, you know, we're friends. We know each other for a while. We're both in a family business. I work with my mom. You work with your dad. But I really love the story of how you and your father started what now is a massive company, but you really started from scratch. So Correct. can you just share that story? Because it's, it's just a phenomenal story. Yes, it's, it's actually one of the, the, the true uh, enemy stories of, of the immigrant uh, uh, success story and the opportunities that uh, New York, not just New York, just the opportunities that the U.S. has to offer for immigrants such as us. We were... Uh, Immigrants from Taiwan. About a little bit over 30 years ago, my father came to the U.S. first and uh, brought my mom and me in a couple of years later. But when he first came to America, he was working at a pretty much any entry level unskilled position that, that New York had to offer, whether it be a janitor, a, a super at an apartment so you could get free rent on it or, you know, the garment industry. Worked all these odd end jobs and eventually he basically said, listen, I'm tired of doing these, 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 these entry level jobs. My dad was a, a iron welder by trade back in Taiwan. So mm. he said, let me try going back to iron welding. And you got to remember, Josh, I, I think we, me and you were definitely old enough for this. This is New York in the late 80s, uh, 80s time frame when your home looked like a jail where outside your windows, you had these iron bars outside pretty much everyone's windows. Yep. It, um, and it was before ADT and before security systems, people used to break through windows and burglarize your home. So my dad was welding, you know, security bars outside your windows. Hmm. And eventually enough people uh, started asking him, hey, do you, do you make, do you install windows too? And we started installing windows at the same time with, with these iron bars. And, you know, one day he's looking at this window that he's installing and says, listen, this isn't too hard to make. It looks pretty simple. And you just have to add cork on it. So he clears out our garage and just says, hey, we're, we're, we're going to start making windows in our, in our garage, in our house, out in uh, College Point, Queens. Hmm. And, you know, word got around. we were making windows at first for our own installations. And then word got around the neighborhood that these guys were making windows out of their garage. And it just got it spreading like wildfire. And people started ordering windows from us. And. Here we are now. We have uh, five factories uh, across the country, a little bit over 750 employees. Uh, the five yeah. factories, yeah, and, um, based on region and distribution points, but being in New York, Scranton, Pennsylvania, Chicago, St. Louis, and, and one right outside of Los Angeles. It's really tremendous. I mean, how you went from literally, you know, 
a garage to, to this business is, is quite phenomenal. Most people would also recognize your main factory, I guess, which was your first factory in Flushing because it's right across from City Field. I guess if you're driving on the Whitestone Expressway, right, you have big, tall cylinders with your name on them. Correct. Correct. And I that was the first location I assume you opened. That was the, well, I mean, I always like to consider that garage in a house our first location, but we kept uh, growing organically from there, almost exponential growth. And we moved into, uh, from that garage in a house, we moved into like a commercial space of about 10,000 square feet and up to 50,000 square feet and up to 100,000 square feet. And at that time, we were always renting. On it. And the EDC really uh, back then, uh, New York, in late 90s, Flushing, in this section of Flushing, it was kind of a swampland. There was not much going on here. So um, the EDC had a program to encourage uh, um, investments as part of College Point, where they called it the College Point Corporate Park, um, on expanding our business. So uh, we had a chance to be our own landlord, own the property too, as long as our, uh, along with the factory. And we took advantage of it, which is uh, the current building you're seeing right now. At what point did you kind of realize that you and your dad were onto something? I mean, how many years do you think it took starting out in the garage, you know, getting a first location? How many years do you think it took for, for you and your dad to be at a point where you understood you had a real foundation to grow the business? Ah, uh, That's a really good question, Josh. How, how do you know... Uh, I always look at the turning point of our company when we made an acquisition of our main competitor. We, you know, acquired great talent and people. And that was kind of like a nice launching pad. I almost look at that as the pivot point for our business. So I don't know if you have something similar or did it just continue to evolve? It continued to evolve in one way, but I think what got it to the pivot point was maybe in the mid nineties, when we started to get above like that, just say even 30 employees, you got to keep in mind though, my father grew up in a farm. So did my mom too. Mm -hmm. We come from a small farming village in Taiwan. And just having an employees is a luxury in itself where a lot of moms and pop shops in Taiwan were, were, or your, 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 your storefront where your office was downstairs on the first floor of your house and you lived on the second floor at your house. And whether you'd be selling drinks out of a little uh, stand or, or mechanical tools out of your little stand, it was pretty much in one area. Uh, having one with two employees or you, you were considered boss already at that point. Mm. You got up to about 20 employees and, and that, was, that, was a, that, that was a big turning point for us. And then, you know, you know, my dad and my mama, they took the risk to come to the U.S. I think that that's a hard decision to make to say, I'm leaving my home country and going into a completely different world to start all over again. Imagine, let's just say me and you, Josh, and we say, let's, let's take off right now and head to, I don't know, Zimbabwe and start our own business and start all over again. And yeah, we, yeah. You know, risk and commitment. Correct. And, and I, I think that itself shows the determination and a dream set that both my parents had when they first came to the U.S. I also imagine it was, it was somewhat of a risk when you moved to acquire the business in California during that time in the real estate uh, market. Correct. I mean, going out to the West Coast was, uh, uh, was a big uh, uh, change for us. It, a completely different product lines, completely different laws over there to something that we knew that we had for us to continue our growth and start to grow on a more national scale. We had to be able to compete 
and grow from coast to coast. Being outside of Los Angeles afforded the great weather that they have there. You got 12 months of construction time mm. over there versus what we have in the Northeast. Where you, you, I mean, as we head into the winter, we all know what it's like when, when it gets freezing cold, the clock, the ceilings don't dry on the buildings. And in California, it's always 65 or 72 degrees here. Um, yeah, and it gives us a great launching pad to, to go down to San Diego, to Las Vegas, and all even up to Northern California in the San Francisco region. And it's so funny that you brought up the California facility because we were one of the few manufacturers that started, once we opened up uh, within a few years, we started doing massive projects and supplying to the dormitories, uh, the developers that provided the housing for like Google or, or the dot-com industry out in the West Coast. And we shipped all the way out to uh, San Francisco for those type of projects. Yeah, my wife is from San Jose and they literally do not have enough housing there. I mean, they yes. cannot build enough housing to be able to keep up with demand. Correct, correct. And I mean, the advantage uh, here that we have in the Northeast is our bedrock is much more solid and we could build high rises and our buildings go up vertically. In the West Coast, um, unless you're in downtown San Francisco where they do have a better bedrock and foundation support outside of it, uh, you're still dealing with earthquakes and, and seismic movements. So like a high rise building over there would be a five story building, which to us, it's it's a walk up apartment almost here. Yeah. So I guess your business is very much based on real estate development. Real estate development, real estate markets, uh, whether, whether, but it's also, you know, my, we do a lot of government affordable housing too. We do a lot of hotels. The, the windows we make can't not tell the difference between a high end $10 million condo or a affordable housing job. Uh, we meet all the ratings that's necessary for each code and each state on it. And we're able to supply the high-end jobs or institutional jobs. And can people buy windows direct from you or do they have to go through uh, contractors or suppliers? How does that work? We do more B2B just because our, our product does require a bit of finesse to install it. Similar to a Michelin tire, you don't buy the tires directly from Michelin. You still have to buy it through Sears, I don't know if Sears is still in existence, but like, you know, like a Pep Boys mm-hmm. on it because you need the expertise for someone to install the tire onto your, your car. It's right. the same with windows. Even though we promote our marketing efforts, uh, promote towards architects, building owners, and homeowners on it, they would still have to hire a qualified contractor to put in our windows into their, their homes. You know, one of the things I find fascinating is literally how glass is made. I've been to your factory before, but I feel like I've only been like upstairs to, to visit you at your office. Can you just walk through how that process works? I find that to honestly fascinating. Yes. I actually, uh, it's fascinating itself that Crystal Windows is still in New York City because there's not many factories left of our scale left in New York City. And our facility here of close to about almost 350 employees on it and we actually make all the windows in-house here right in queens uh, across from city field here glass we, we buy the glass from these large they, they, they come in these large sheets that you could say it's almost like 80 by 100 sheets on it though and we cut it to smaller sizes on it to the size of the window that you want on it the aluminum we actually get because we are vertically integrated we extrude on aluminum outside of st louis they come in these long sticks and we cut mm-hmm. it to size and we paste basically like a jigsaw puzzle. We cut the sticks to the size of the window, put the glass in and seal the windows. 
and we ship it out to you. It sounds a lot easier than it is though, but I think when you've seen our factory and actually our video on our main website, our corporate video, show some of the pictures of how the windows are made there too. Well, it's definitely a fragile product. Yes, yes. It, well, glass, I mean, uh, when you're touching with glass, you got to make sure you handle it correctly. So when we get to the job site, it doesn't start cracking or falling off the building. Um, but first, I really have to talk about my mom's, you know, best friend really was Claire Schulman. They were so close. And Claire was a tremendous borough president of Queens for many years and active till, you know, she passed away in her 90s and really as sharp as could be and, and very well respected. And you guys recently created a statue in her honor. Correct. Correct. Yes. Could you just share a little bit about that? Claire has always been more of a grandmother figure for me on it, and I'm sure she has a view too on it. Uh, with my father, she's been a mentor, a friend, peer, guidance counselor. When, when, when my father first started, he didn't understand what, what, what benefits the city offered, what training programs the city offered. Even to the point when we first built this factory, when we moved from our garage to owning this property here, and building this factory, we finally got the factory completed and they said during September 11th, the tragedy during September 11th, and all the city agencies were all completely shut down and we couldn't even get our TCO to move into this building and our, our rent, our landlord wanted us out because he had another tenant in his current building and we were stuck and Claire went out of her way through her connections, pretty much got the city to allow us to move into our building. That was one of the many things I remember, but from the beginning, helped my dad developed the business, helped them out to go through licensing, helped them go through training. And it's not one of those, hey, here's a phone number, call this number and call this person to get some training on. It was a month later, she would ask my dad, hey, did you get this done? Did you go through this? Did you, what did you learn? And, and there was always follow-up and, and a sense of caring for our family. She didn't let, let us just sit there and, and, and not improve ourselves. And she saw something in our family that uh, she knew how to recognize talent. And on top of that, she also said, all right, you know, Thomas and Steve, now that you guys are up to this, you know, you, you've done well. Let's not forget about, you know, the community. She, she was my dad's very close role model. And, and for me, a very caring grandmother. As I was growing up through the business and also through, through my career, she never asked me anything about business on her side what she would always ask when are you getting married after you get married when are you getting kids you know uh, you could genuinely feel the love from Claire and that's why when Claire's passed though my dad and, and I wanted something that we could remember Claire by and also uh, have future generations remember her by and, and the statue was the the best form that we saw fit for it though. and where is that statue displayed now it's actually at Crystal Park, and it's not. It's about a 45-minute drive, what some folks may consider upstate New York, but it's not too far on it, though. And in this park there, my father is a big fan of the arts community, and in this park, there's a lot of sculptures out there, a lot of artwork. It's open to the public. Anyone can visit, and he allows what you call storming artists to present their work out there at, at pretty much no charge. I love it. So I know my mom is pushing the current borough president, Donovan Richards, to create a statue to put outside Borough Hall. So we'll see if we can get that done. That would be an amazing tribute to her as well. I think that will be an amazing tribute. I mean, Claire has just done so much for the community. And even to even to the end, she was always involved in so many associations and we're still pushing for improving Queens and constantly uh, making lives better for everyone here in Queens. I'm, I'm with you on that. Let, let's talk about, you know, you and your dad giving back, because you really do give back in, in a lot of different ways. You talked about the arts. 
Talk most recently about the contribution to Queens College. Yes, we're a big fan of arts and education. I used to ask my dad why arts and, and try to figure it out. And, and there's no borders of arts. There's no there's no language needed. No art. Art is, uh, is the world's common language. Sometimes you can look at artwork from Italy and from from Russia or from Africa, and, and just by looking at the art already, uh, you don't have to understand the language or even the culture at times. And there's a message that's being played for it, art and. He's always appreciated that, and he always appreciated education on it. Uh, this is not the first foray we had with providing endowments or scholarships towards colleges. Our first one was with the Queensboro Community College, and that was quite successful. And then Queens College is the center uh, of Queens. We grew up in Queens. The business was in Queens. I went to Queens College for their summer programs in the past. And we just felt that was the right fit for the next endowment we'd like to provide. And Toby Savisky, there was so many alumni at Queens that just were so supportive of Queens College on it. Um, this fund was a new endowment that we wanted to set up. It's a little bit over a million dollars on it to provide uh, scholarships and, and uh, especially that catered towards the art. My father's always been involved, involved with the Queens Museum of Art, and I'm on the board of the Queens Theater. So Queens College just seems like the perfect match for all of us. Well, Steve, you, your dad, Crystal Windows, you're a great success story and great people. And thank you so much for being with us. How can people learn more about Crystal Windows? Well, our main website, crystalwindows.com. On it, you definitely see all our products and our corporate video there. And all our testing reports and brochures are on the website, though. So those those are great ways to learn about our product and our services. I thank you so much, Josh, for this opportunity to be on your podcast here. Always great to talk to you. Look forward to hanging out soon. Let's get together again soon. It's been too long, Josh. Make sure to subscribe to Schneps Connects wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com. 